0: Welcome to The Skift Podcast, weekly conversations on global travel trend lines. Cookie cutter uniformity is not what most travelers are seeking from hotels these days. Instead, discerning guests want local food, curated experiences, a thoughtful design, and even a touch of quirkiness. On this episode of The Skift Podcast, We're hearing from some of the pros who make a living connecting travelers with standout hotel experiences. James Lowen and Tamara Huber-Percy are the founders of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, a travel club that started out as a guidebook featuring under the radar boutique hotels. We also have an interview with Klaus Sendlinger, CEO and founder of Design Hotels. They all spoke at Skift Forum Europe in London earlier this year and sat down with me editor, and podcast host, Hannah Sampson, behind the scenes in the Skift Takes studio. Our talks touched on the evolution of hotel design and consumer demands, the the beyond-the-spa experiences that travelers are craving, and the needs that hotels still aren't quite meeting. This is one of several conversations we're bringing you from backstage at Skift Forum Europe. First up is our conversation with James and Tamara, as you'll hear fairly quickly, Mr. and Mrs. Smith isn't just a company name, the two are married to each other. Tell me your names and, and what you do.
1: Hi, I'm James Lorne. Uh, I'm the co-founder and executive chairman for Mr. and Mrs. Smith.
2: And I'm the other co-founder, uh, Tamara, and in my day job, I'm the CTO as well. Okay, fantastic. Um,
0: so tell me about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. What do you do? And, um, and give me just In in a nutshell, a brief uh, description of how you came up with the company.
1: Okay, that's a lot. Okay, so let's have a think (laughs) about this. So to start with, uh, we came up with the company because I was trying to woo and date Tamara and take her away for amazing romantic weekends and failing miserably. So we thought we'd write our own guidebook, which then developed into the business today, which is essentially a we call ourselves a travel club. So we're a travel agent. uh, Neither. Uh, focused on online or offline we're both Uh, and uh, we have about a thousand hotels that we've personally curated and visited and written about that you can book through mrmrsmith.com or you can call us 24 hours a day through our uh, in-house travel team between london and la where you can also book or ask for help or inspiration so we're a travel club
0: what is what is the function that you're really filling um you know hotel enthusiasts i guess are Gravitate to you, yeah. um, but then you're also a travel agency, yeah. and you're also curating, kind of like you did with the guidebook idea. Yes. Um, so, what's your main role, or I guess, I guess, how are you, um, how are you really serving the traveler?
2: Yeah. So I, when we first started our role was really to go out and find these places. And it was very, at the very start of the boutique hotel movement and nobody knew how to find the boutique hotels that are out there. Because they weren't and
0: branded. And they, they weren't part no. of big chains or anything. And they
2: weren't labeled luxury. There were lots of luxury hotel guides. But there was nothing that gave these small independent hotels a voice. Of course, because they don't have, you know, because they are independent and small, they don't have huge marketing Budgets. And so our job really was to go out and find them and nobody had heard of most of the hotels in our first guidebook ever before now as the obviously the hotel movement has gone uh, Got a bit bigger and at the advent of the internet where people can research and find anything they want to Our job has changed and our role now is really to curate and to sort the wheat from the chaff and make sure that we only work with the very very best and it, Internally we have a mantra Uh, and and a reason for why we exist, and that is to inspire people to go to extraordinary places with the people that they love. And that, I think, you know, it may sound a little bit schmaltzy, but that's really, you know, why we started the business and and why we want people to travel with us today.
0: What are you finding that um, travelers really want that's different from when you started the company? Like what are some of the trends that you've noticed and, and what are the ways that you've kind of adapted to that? Yeah,
1: there's lots of trends always going on simultaneously. I think there is still that trend of uh, the boutique hotel being very independent, very individual, quirky, interesting, uh, stylish. All these things are still just growing, going from strength to strength. That hasn't changed and that's always been the core of what we've done. What I think people are starting to add to that is the experience around the hotel. So once you've got the hotel address right, hopefully, first time with us, uh, then it's about what am I going to do when I'm there. It's not just what uh, a lot of people used to do, which would just fly and flop and have a spa treatment. They now are looking for experiences. And we've talked about experiential travel everyone is talking about it, and everyone's got their own take on it. Um, And we, funnily enough, have our own take on what that is. Uh, so we're doing more experiential travel uh, or even transformational travel. Uh, food has become bigger and bigger as well. I think it's almost overtaking. You know, people are booking uh, the hotels purely on the basis of their restaurants now, which wasn't something that used to happen when we started the business. Uh, so uh, we're also seeing, I think, the food uh, cookery cookery schools within uh, hotels. Learning some new skill is a big trend as well we're seeing. Uh, so... So I think it's about enhancing that sort of boutique uh, hotel stay with a little sort of boutique adventure. Uh,
2: the boutique hotels are perfectly placed to do that because they're normally owner run and they care about the guest experience. you know they can innovate in, in this way far quicker yeah. than the larger chains can. Yeah. so I think it's a really interesting niche to be in uh, for this new trend. Yeah
1: I think also with family travel that's changed a lot, so. In the old days, kids' clubs were hugely important, and it was actually mum's holiday because traditionally Mum would be at home looking after the kids, and Dad would be out at work and So when it was the family holiday, it was mum's holiday, so the kids were chucked in the uh, kids' club uh, but now so many mums and dads are all working that that's changed dramatically as well so we're we're seeing a real trend for not just how you're gonna look after us in terms of accommodation, but how are you gonna amuse us as a family unit Mm. together? What are we gonna do together? So we're doing cooking lessons with our kids, we're doing foraging with our kids, we're doing all these amazing Mm. diving, whatever it might be, snorkeling. There's lots of stuff we do as a family now. Um, But as grown-ups, if we do manage to get the babysitter in one night or two during our week's holiday, we want a really great meal. And I think that's where old family uh, hotels weren't delivering and the new breed of family hotels are delivering on all those three things.
0: That's interesting because um, when I read stories about Mr. and Mrs. Smith, uh, there's always like a little like, Oh, it's a bit naughty. Yeah. Like it, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. the branding is a yeah. little saucy. Yeah. Um, and
1: we had kids as a result. Well, That's what happened.
0: <laughs> it's a natural progression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to ask it. the question. Comes <laughs> quite, the territory, <laughs> right? Sorry. Quite that way. But you went ahead and answered it. Uh, well, we'll talk a little more about that. <laughs> um, w- when did you decide to add the family component? And, um, and was it was your was your you know customer base asking for that too, or or did you just realize that family travel was becoming more of a trend and it would make sense to integrate that, or was it always part of what you were doing?
2: Yes, I we have obviously our database was aging with us, <laughs> uh, although we you know we're an occasion. Uh, a special occasion company as well so we get a lot of honeymoons and the younger age groups coming in those first date weekends but we've had we've got customers who stay with us or have stayed with us for a very long time and of course they're all having children i had children and i was going to these hotels and and going well why because i have children why do i have to compromise why aren't the hotel why aren't there hotels out there and so we realized we were onto something it wasn't just you know whole of me mm-hmm. uh it really was our members asking for that kind of thing as well and how hard is it to find those hotels that do it's every the part most of... difficult part of our business yeah so the product what really struck me when we started out on the smith and family project i thought that we would be it would be the same as mr and mrs smith when we first started that we would find all these gems out there but it's there aren't you know there there are it's there's just a lack of really great family product Interesting.
1: Well, I think there's good reason for that. You know, it's hard. If you pigeonhole yourself as a family hotel, you're not going to get couples there. So right. really the most successful family hotels managed to bridge... Uh, both those gaps you know they'll look after couples or they will look after uh, families as well or what's very on trend as well is multi-generational trips because Mm -hmm. the grandparents are the only one with any money now so they're taking all the (laughs) family away they want to hang
0: out with the kids
1: yeah but but i think that's the other thing we actually want to travel with our families it's changed that you know it's great spending time with the whole family uh, away in some lovely location so you know that's another trend which the hotels are having to uh, answer and look after
2: Mm mm-hmm
0: what are you seeing in terms okay, so I, I feel like the the expectation level has been set. Like we want this really nice boutique hotel, we want great food. Um, but maybe now we want something that's like a slightly different or or a little more interesting or exotic than um just a boutique hotel with great food. So are there are there like new bars being set in terms of like yeah. interesting kind yeah, of places totally. to stay. Yeah, totally.
1: So, like one of the most interesting ones that we went to last year was the Treehouse Hotel in the northernmost part of Sweden mm-hmm. uh, where there are several uh, completely unique treehouses up on this hillside uh, run by this wonderful couple, couple called Britta and Ken and you can actually sleep in a mirrored cube, uh, which reflects all the forest around it. It's That's the most beautiful. C- most beautiful sort of uh, construction I can think of. Uh, for the kids, they actually had a real-size UFO, but a very cool one. <laughs> it looked like it just landed, you know. There's such thing as a, a not-cool UFO. It's, you know, <laughs> like, do you know what? You're absolutely right. It, but, it, but it delivered. you know how you could yeah. turn up and think it's like Disney World? It wasn't. It was just like it had. It had literally just come down from space in these woods.
2: And they're, they're proper tree houses, yeah. so they're suspended from the trees, which means they can be taken down at any time and leave no trace at all. So it's
0: not just like it's a, not a, a hotel room it, that's built. It's, it's the not tree like line. a theme park. Like a yeah. no. right.
2: you know, yeah. this is a proper
1: thing. And then the experience around that. So uh, we were taking ice fishing with all our kids. So we walked down in the middle of this amazing lake, no one else around, drilled a hole, sat there and started pulling fish out of the hole, which was just one of our best family days out ever, wasn't there? So we we have hotels like that. We have. Uh, Temporary hotels that uh, may be set up in the desert, whether that's in Marrakesh or wherever it might be. Um, Yeah, the private house hotel is the next big trend uh, that uh, we were just talking about actually in the conference which is going beyond boutique and it feels like you've gone to your very wealthy aunt's house who has incredibly <laughs> good taste and far too much money and staff and you go in and you can't even tell the staff because they don't have uniforms you have a host rather than a general manager you can walk into the kitchen and talk to the chef about what you want
0: is this like Air- like airbnb on steroids is it's, it like no, it's, it's beyond not like it's way beyond
1: it's way beyond airbnb i would say it's it's I mean, I guess there's similarity in terms of it feels like a private house, that's for sure. But
0: it's not a private house.
1: But it's not a private house. Okay. There are maybe there are several bedrooms, probably, no more than 10, I would say. Um, but you do feel like a guest in someone's house. And there's one in Stockholm uh, called Et Hem, which is just stunning. And there's another one in the Cotswolds, which has followed a similar sort of feel called Fox Hill Manor. Again, a wonderful stay. And again, very much beyond the sort of boutique hotel at the moment
2: and when it comes to design as well we're seeing a lot more interior designers who have designed private homes now designing hotels mm. so hotels are waking up to the fact that if you get a hotel designer it will look like a hotel but if you get a, a, a interior you know private house designer then it will have that more homely feel and a perfect example of that is La Roc in Paris that's a new boutique hotel there and you, you walk in and it, it really does it feels so comfortable it feels like you should be there
1: but much better than our home as well, because that's important. (laughs) You don't want to be going away, spending lots of money and going, actually, our house is better than this. So, you know, it does have to lift the game. And that's what these places are doing. Aspirational. Yeah. And I think the other lovely trend we're seeing is, in the old days, I was talking about old days, I'm not that old, but uh, kitchens were completely shut away from us. You have one swinging door with one busy waiter coming in and out of each door. Uh, and now kitchens have been brought to the forefront, you know, everything from... And then they put a... Actually, before they brought the, the kitchens properly out, they would put a window into that kitchen so you could see maybe a bit of movement. And then they bought a part of the kitchen out to cook off some stuff. And now you're seeing, I mean, Hotel QT in, um, in Sydney, they've got, uh, you know, a, a, a tuna hanging in a glass refrigerator at the front <laughs> which they're slicing the sashimi off it's amazing wow. or you've got uh, what was the one in uh, Mexico last year where they have all the the meat hanging in the fridge on display you know seeing all of the the providence of the products right there and then and and that kind of theater that I think the, the dining experiences have added to the hotel yeah the one and only in, in Palmier wasn't it um, is, is another really lovely trend we want to feel like we're connected to that back of the hotel not just the people on the surface it's about really mm-hmm getting behind
0: the skin of the hotel and how are you finding the hotels like how how do they become part of your collection
2: we get approached a lot by hotels um but we also have three teams one in asia one in europe based in london and one in and a team in the u.s who uh, handle north and south america and they're on the road constantly looking for for new places
0: okay um do you both still love hotels? Like, has this job? I love them. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't put you. I only, off them. I
1: only love great hotels. I think I'm I'm quite picky now, as you can imagine. Uh, it takes a lot for me to get very excited now, and so when I do, I still get very very excited. Uh, I think you know when we started, uh, we really didn't know what we were doing fully. We knew what we wanted, but it was hard. I think now we can spot a great hotel from the sign outside, uh, and you can definitely tell from the lobby. So. <laughs>
2: I think what it's given me is, uh, you know, over the years is a huge and deep respect for hoteliers that get it right because we know how hard it is. You know, you have a thousand different touch points with a a customer throughout their hotel stay. And to get that right at every single touch point is nigh on impossible. So the hotels that do it really well, I take my hat off to them. Very good. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. And now here's our interview
0: with Klaus Sendlinger, the Design Hotels CEO. Come your name and your title.
3: Okay, Klaus Sendlinger, CEO and founder of Design Hotels.
0: Okay, very good. Um, you started the company mm-hmm. when?
3: That was 1993. Really, the company, but the idea and the business was already end of the 80s. Was 87 end of the 80s.
0: Okay. So what? Just kind of go over what the concept was mm-hmm. and And then I'd like to know, like what was the design sensibility in mm-hmm. hotels when you started mm-hmm. the company? like mm-hmm. what what were you finding when you, when you would stay at a hotel?
3: Uh, well, I was very young. Yeah, so and uh, before that, I was not, I mean, I I was not a big world traveler. Yeah, I went with my parents for many, many years to Rimini, Italy, you know. (laughs) Uh, But then uh, I studied public relations, and in that time, I was able to travel a lot through Europe, and that's when I fall in love with this. Yeah. My, my first venture, when I was 23, I started my own business. It was a travel agency, but it was also an event business. And as events, I was organizing raves. Yeah? Raves. Yeah. So it was at this time when, when just the last DJs were there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, disc jockeys. Yeah. Know, who were playing a record and then announcing another record, mm-hmm. and it was just a shift. You know, with the beginning of house and techno in Detroit, Chicago, Frankfurt, and Berlin, oh, wow. when this new youth culture, mm-hmm. you know, it was a, you know, it was much more than. The music—it was really the culture, and the change of socio-demographic behaviors—and this is—and my my passion was design. I like design and architecture. I had a friend who had uh, his own business, and that's when I said, oh, you know what? There, something is really cooking there. Yeah, and then I, 1989, Ian Schrager opened the uh, Paramount Hotel okay. in New York, and I was like a big breakthrough of this kind of hotels, you know. So people looked at it for a hotel with a certain kind of design aesthetics, which was unseen. But for us, it was clear that this was the place where everybody who spins in that world of music, fashion, design, architecture, where they wanted to hang out. So the design was, just, was more a filter mm. to get the like-minded people into this hotel. Mm-hmm. And this is where we started. And we, we, we searched the, the world. We found a dozen hotels, not more, uh, uh, who were sharing this philosophy. From a design point of view, they were completely different. You know, They had very little in common. But they created their... But they had a design point
0: of view. <laughs> they had
3: a design point of view and they had a position. When in the hospitality, the design point of view was just not there because mm-hmm. we were just coming out of the out of the chain creation, uh, the Hiltons, the Mm Sheratons, the Marriott, you know, like, and the idea was to make everything the same, make everything looking the same. Because that was
0: the good, that was, Thought of as That good, was in right? these
3: days a good thing. People started to travel, you know. People were, you know, they were going and they knew you know, I go to Bangkok and I find the Westin or whatever and it's going to be great. Or I go to Mexico City and I go in the Sheraton and it's going to be great. Um, so, but as more people traveled, you know, as more they became aware and the more the whole world became in these metropolitan areas more settled and easier to navigate and everybody spoke English, uh, uh, the more people were looking for a different kind of uh, hotel experience. Mm-hmm. And that was really the beginning of that whole movement uh, of design, boutique, lifestyle hotels, however you want to call it.
0: And you were still young and new mm-hmm to the hotel business at that point? Like-
3: Completely. I had <laughs> nothing. I had no, I had no idea. I, I, I never worked in a hotel. You know? So for me, it was just like, I, I love to analyze uh, consumer trends. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm, you know, I have never stopped doing this. Uh, so until today, we are always looking at what are the new you know, movements in the industry or outside of the industry and how can we reflect on that.
0: So describe what Design Hotels is really. It's a collection. So yeah,
3: exactly. So then, I mean, in the, in these we 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 started the company then 1993 together with my partner Peter Schweitzer uh, in Sausalito, Salito, mm-hmm. California, uh, and the idea was to find a collection of like-minded hoteliers who cater to the same kind of public, yeah. Uh, we, it took us a couple of years to figure out what's the right business model until we came across Trust in these days. Trust was a daughter of Strigenberger. They had a reservation system. They now got bought, just recently bought by Sabre. Okay. And they are now merged with Synexis, which is our current provider. But through access to the central reservation system, we uh, saw the business model that the hotels can become and pay a membership fee. And then pay a transaction fee for every transaction, which we would deliver and pay marketing fees. So okay. it's, you know, in the business model, it's the same as leading hotels of the world or Raleigh and Chateau or small and luxury hotels. And is it,
0: is yeah. that is that a different business model from like the autograph collection yes, and tribute yes, exactly, portfolio? Exactly. Is so that similar? No, it's, no
3: different, it's different. It's different because, you know, like then very recent, I mean, in the last five years, the big. Chains understood that there is a a surge and a need for more individuality, and this is when they started their uh, soft brands. Right. Uh, I mean, Curio with Hilton and Tribune with Starwood and and uh, Autograph is Marriott. Right. Uh, Marriott is our major shareholder, so we're we're a public listed company, but Marriott is our major shareholder, so we're we're part of the Marriott Starwood kind of family of brands You're kind
0: of under that umbrella
3: where yeah but we we operate autonomous mm-hmm. and we are the only one which has a kind of a different business model to the rest of the of the of the brand so okay. even they have soft brands the model is a is a license fee model mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on gross room revenue versus we are on a percentage model of transactions we deliver
0: okay um, on your website you talk about not just being a collection of hotels mm-hmm. but a collection of stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm not confused. Mm-hmm. I, I like the sound of it, mm-hmm. but I'm curious how that manifests in like practical ways. Mm-hmm. what what are you um, how does a traveler really experience that?
3: Mm-hmm. I mean you know there's so many so many reasons to travel that you know if you're on a business trip, and you're just in and out of London like I am on this trip,
1: mm-hmm.
3: I'm not so much looking for a story you know, right. at the Covent Garden Hotel. You know? But if I come here with my partner you know, over a weekend, then I'm looking for a different kind of an experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, in general, uh, I th- you know, the people we work with, the owners of the hotels, when we call them originals, you know, because they're really original people who are very passionate about hospitality and the experience they deliver. It's not pension funds who own buildings who are then run by flags. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so these these people uh, they they are they are driven by creating these unique experiences. Yeah. On property and off property, depending on which neighborhood they are or which beach they reside or which mountain they're on. You know. But there is you know when we. Did, when, before we came up with Made by Originals as a claim and where we, we really understood what really makes the difference between just a contemporary hotel and a hotel which we would like to work with.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you find really resonates with, with your customers? Mm-hmm. Um, is, is there like a common thread? Maybe the common thread is design. You,
3: you know what? I mean, uh, coming from music and coming from you know, this rave and event business, uh a lot of our clients are coming have the same roots you know really? if you know how to run a good bar and a good nightclub, you know huh. you know how people would like to be entertained and you know what is you know what's you know on site off site in front of the curtain behind of the curtain you know so, uh, and Schrager was, uh, you know, he had the Studio 54, you know. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, the, I mean, you know a lot of, we have a lot of clients who are either coming from the media world or are extreme, you know, being a good editor or curator mm. means a lot today.
0: And, and by client, um, do you mean the hotel, hotel owners, owner? Yes, okay. exactly.
3: So, they have this background, you know, mm-hmm. they're, you know, and then they may, then they merge and they hire hospitality experts who help, you know, as better the hotel the hospitality expert understanding a new thinker coming into the industry and helping to translate a great vision into a day to day operation which works, mm-hmm. you know, and it not always does, but you know, only when you come from the outside and you have as a great vision, you can really you know create. Moments or destinations or experience which are completely different than if you, you know, just go copy paste from one hotel to another hotel.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like in the last Hmm. 25, 30 years, um, the expectation for hotels, there are now boutique hotels all over the place. Travelers are maybe have higher expectations, more and more
3: demanding. Yes, claro, exactly. Uh, no. so, Ian, Ian was always say, uh, saying, you know, you know, show, me, show me where you stay and I tell you who you are. <laughs> you know?
0: It's funny because I say it <laughs> La Quinta Inn because dogs stay for free. <laughs> that's, that's sad, but that's true.
3: <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: is there? Are you finding that there's a new baseline or a new um, where does the bar go? If customers are becoming more and more demanding?
3: Well, I think, you know, I mean there is, you know, on the one side we have customers who are becoming more and more demanding. On the other side we have we are having an increasingly growing amount of customers who become more and more experimental. Mm. You know? I mean to just just go to somebody's house to eat with them. I mean, can be really awkward you know I mean if, <laughs> what if you don't like them you know and then you're stuck in there and you maybe don't like the decor and the food doesn't is good I mean what are you gonna do you know I mean it's already embarrassing going into a restaurant and you don't like it and then just want to sneak out or into right, no, or, into a, or, or into a shop and you you know and the, you know, the shop manager behind you, how do you like the pans say, yeah, I really don't like I them at them. all yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, imagine. You know, and this is a dinner, and I mean, so there. You know, there is definitely. You know, and but people and are I doing th- it, and people are doing it, yeah. and it's like you know. But I, you know, everything at its time. You know, so and I'm not saying there is one size fits all, mm-hmm. because I think the um, the range of opportunities in travel, which are which exist, makes it makes makes it a more and more uh, colorful bouquet of products to choose from, which I find in general good and interesting, you know. But at the end of the day, I think you need also somebody who you can trust and understands what you want, and that maybe goes beyond an algorithm. Mm -hmm. Because as long as I think it's algorithm-related, it's maybe just reading the history, but, you know, not necessarily... Kind of predicting the future or taking you so it, so the human aspect of of this I think will always be important you know mm-hmm. and I, I, this is where we see our role in a helping our hotels or creating together with our hotels the next experiences and constantly look what's going on outside and what can we How can we participate in that, and how can we and even if it's maybe you know we have been doing the, some of the most interesting things they they didn 't make us money, they did cost us money, but we learned so much mm-hmm. you know that at the end of the day, three years later, it was a profitable exercise
0: interesting you know like like what do you have any examples? Well we, when
3: we started with our project, you know we did this first pro- papaya playa project there in Tulum, Mexico, you ah. know. And we wanted to make uh, uh, a pop up hotel for six months, you know, financially successful, which we realized halfway in that it's never going to happen, <laughs> you know. Uh, but we helped to create a destination. We helped to create a long term relationship with the owner. And now it's profitable for everybody. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, and you know, we're lucky that we're. Um, we're very flexible and intuitive and we have very short decision making processes and we and this is what, what 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 why I love my job so much is traveling around the world and meeting all these innovators you know meeting these people who haven't been in the industry or have been in the industry and they are really willing and have their balls excuse my english to really change it you know this is beautiful
0: mm. I think that's a great note to end on <laughs> super thank, <laughs> thank you. you so much thank If you like what you've heard from Skift Forum Europe 2017 in London, there's more in store. Skift Global Forum is coming up on September 26th and 27th in New York City. Find out about this and other events at forum.skift.com. This show was produced by Ben glowy who can be found on Twitter at visible underscore sound. Assistant Editor Sarah Enlow provided additional support. To subscribe to this podcast, search for Skift on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave a rating and a comment to help other listeners find us. Past episodes and a link to subscribe are online at podcast.skift.com. And this has been the Skift Podcast. Thanks for listening.